0: Well, good evening friends, it's good to see you here. Um, This year has felt long, hasn't it? And uh, as we've neared the end of 2020, people have tried to capture the year, tried to capture their 2020 in what is known as memes. Okay, you may or may not be familiar with these, but these are some of my favorite. If 2020 was a slide. How good is that? What about this one? If 2020 were a math problem. I'll give you a second to read it. Or or perhaps my personal favourite, if 2020 was a swing. That's good, isn't it? I also like this when it came across my news feed. Uh, David Stratton, uh, an English-Australian award-winning film critic, recently reviewed 2020 as if it were a film. And uh, he remarked, It's difficult to know what 2020 actually is. A sci-fi? A disaster epic? A political drama? Some sort of dark comedy? It's hard to tell. He continues, We see bushfires, floods, plagues and dust storms, a global pandemic, an economic crisis, and a a once-in-a-generation reassessment of racial equality. There are plot holes and inconsistencies throughout. In the end, 2020 is simply unsatisfying. Despite all the turmoil and the upheaval, nothing really changes. It's hard to think of a less enjoyable production. (laughs) It's been a rough year, hasn't it? And yet when we come to Christmas, we are asked to sort of put our hardships to one side and sing of peace. Peace on earth. We'd read for us earlier some very famous verses, but none more famous than this one. When the angels sing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace, to those on whom his favour rests. Who are these eternal optimists? Perhaps actually you resonate with the famous poem turned carol, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Peace seems to elude us and this world. Uh, Right at the beginning of the service, I opened by reading from Isaiah chapter 9, and one of those verses, we, we read these words, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now Jesus is actually called lots of names in the Bible to explain who he is and what he does, and and Prince of Peace is one of them. And so we're going to spend just just the next few minutes uh, thinking about the Prince of Peace and the peace that he has brought to us and the peace that he has brought for us. And to do that, we've got to understand the world into which Jesus came um, and so we read there in chapter 2, verse 1 of Luke, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, the she mention of Caesar Augustus was a painful reminder, actually, that, that Israel was, was still living in captivity in a way. They were living under occupation. And Caesar Augustus is actually, it's actually more of a title than it is a name, His name was actually Octavian and Octavian was the the great nephew of, does anyone know? Julius Caesar. And uh, when Julius Caesar died there was this power struggle between his heir Octavian and Mark Antony and Cleopatra, Queen of Egypt. And Octavian won that war in what became known as the the last war of the Roman Republic. And Octavian's reign was the beginning of what became known as Pax Romana, Roman peace. An unprecedented period of peace and stability throughout the region. And he became known as Caesar Augustus when the Roman Senate voted to give him that title. Is Augustus means uh, holy or revered or majestic. And up until that time, it had been a term that had been reserved for the, for the gods. And yet, some called Augustus the savior of the whole world. It had been inscribed actually on an altar that had been erected in Rome in honor of him and the peace that he had brought. But this peace that, that Rome and Augustus had brought was a false peace. The reality was that it was an armed peace. That is, it was obtained and it was maintained by force. And so when Augustus. The world had at its helm this, this self-proclaimed, widely accepted God and Saviour. This is the world into which Jesus came. This is the world for which Jesus came. You'll be familiar with the story that we've, we've heard in a couple of different ways uh, this evening. Caesar Augustus issued this decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And so Joseph and Mary, who would have been pretty close to full term, travel to Bethlehem where Jesus is born. But the scene shifts pretty quickly to a nearby field where an angel appears to some shepherds. And the angel says, Do not be afraid. I give you, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Why shouldn't they be afraid? I bring you good news. What is this good news? Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. The long expected Messiah of the Jewish people had come to save all people. Now one angel was terrifying. Now a great company of them appear, praising God with these famous Words, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Peace. What on earth are they talking about? They're talking about Jesus and the peace that he has bought for us and that He has brought to us. You see, when God created the world, which we heard a little about in our kids' talk, Humanity was created in peace. And we were created for peace. But we walked away from it by turning our backs on God when Adam and Eve and every man, woman and child since has rejected God as God. And ever since then, humanity has been left longing for this peace that we were made for. And actually, the Bible is a story of how that peace is restored. You see, our greatest problem, whether we know it or not, is our estrangement from God, our Creator. That's the peace that the angels sing of at Christmas, and time when we remember this peace that Jesus would bring. Because at the birth of Jesus, actually, the angels anticipate the death of Jesus. Because it's the death of Jesus that secures for us this peace. Because it is in the cross that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so we read elsewhere, therefore since we have been justified, that is declared just, declared right, here it is in Romans 5, therefore since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And so Caesar Augustus had established Pax Romana, Roman peace. But it wasn't to last. Actually, Christmas Day uh, in 1914, a Christmas truce was called along the Western Front uh, of World War I. Roughly 100,000 men uh, mingled uh, in no man's land and exchanged uh, souvenirs and exchanged food. They even sung carols together. It was a memorable moment, but it was short-lived, wasn't it? Lasting peace actually everlasting peace, may only be found in Jesus. Because in Jesus, because Jesus made peace, peace with God. And once it is made, it cannot be unmade. Actually, we sing of this peace, in hark the herald angels sing, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Jesus has bought peace for us. And friends, though it was costly for him, the message, here's a message of Christmas. It's free for us. It's, it's a gift. You cannot purchase it, you cannot earn it, you can only receive it. And you receive it by faith. Christmas is actually about receiving the gift that matters the most, the forgiveness of sins. Peace with God. So the message of Christmas is memorably captured in those, in that verse, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Friends, if you are yet to have received that gift, Jesus is offering it to you. Right here. Right now. And peace with God brings the peace of God. Peace with God brings the peace of God. For us, peace in heaven means peace on earth because this peace that Jesus secures for us is not an armed peace. Peace it's actually a disarming peace. That is, the peace of God transcends understanding because it transcends this world. It disarms this world of its power over us because it promises another one, an eternal one, where there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, where the wrong shall fail and the right prevail. If you trust in Jesus, your your citizenship is in heaven and you belong to the the Prince of Peace. Which is why as Christians can have a measure of this peace even now, even in 2020, even on this earth. Even when all those things that we find hope and, and joy and peace in are ripped away from us. This Christmas, perhaps more than any other in living memory, certainly in my living memory, we need to be reminded that we may have peace not because God has promised us a life of ease, but that God has given us the only thing that could ever give us peace Himself. That's what we celebrate at Christmas time. The peace. That Jesus has bought for us and the peace that He's brought to us. I'm going to quickly close in prayer for us while the musos come on up. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness. And freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. Father, no wonder at Christmas time we sing a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For you have sent Jesus who bought peace for us and who brings peace to us. Even now, even here. And we thank you for this. Amen.